0: in three, in two, and one. Hi, I'm Tim Anderson, the Appraisers Advocate. This podcast is specifically to train, inform, and mentor appraisers of all training and experience levels. I trust you'll enjoy it. So, what is this instructional podcast all about? Please, keep listening. It's about understanding secrets. It's about USPAP, the secrets of extraordinary assumptions, and their proper use as part of an appraisal and report. So let's get on with discovering these secrets, shall we? There is every reason to be confident in using an extraordinary assumption. Learning its secrets and then forming value conclusions using them will give you that confidence. There are only three secrets. So let's take a look at them. We'll start with the definition. An extraordinary assumption, according to USPAP, is quote, an assignment specific assumption as of the effective date of the appraisal regarding uncertain information used in an analysis, which, if found to be false, could alter the appraiser's opinions and conclusions. Unquote. Then there's a comment to that definition. Quote, Uncertain information might include physical, legal, or economic characteristics of the property, or conditions external to the property, such as market conditions or trends, or the integrity of the data used in the analysis, By definition, an extraordinary assumption must be assignment-specific. The point is it is not possible to use an extraordinary assumption willy-nilly nor is it possible to use one when you just don't want to do the research necessary to arrive at a credible value opinion an extraordinary assumption does not easily lend itself to boilerplate nor does it replace a proper comprehensive scope of work to arrive at a credible value conclusion note that as USPAP refers to quote the property unquote this could mean the subject or a comparable property This comment from USPAP provides us with general examples of what uncertain information includes. This is when we use an extraordinary assumption, when we're uncertain about specific items. This could include the zoning, the GLA, building codes, and so forth. Therefore, an extraordinary assumption lets us proceed with the appraisal, and this is even when, with the best of our due diligence, We just can't find an answer to a question, or we just can't unravel a dilemma. But the key here is that we're uncertain of an answer. This uncertainty exists despite our proper application of due diligence. It does not exist because we chose not to apply proper due diligence. And there are only three circumstances under which we can use an extraordinary assumption. The first is only if the extraordinary assumption is required to properly develop opinions and conclusions. In other words, is an extraordinary assumption even necessary to develop an opinion or conclusion properly? If not, there is no reason to use one. The second of three circumstances permitting the use of an extraordinary assumption is straightforward. We can use an extraordinary assumption only if we have a reasonable basis for using it. Simply, before we use one, have we exhausted all due diligence to answer all the questions that come up during the appraisal process? When, despite the proper due diligence, we can't discern an answer to a question, then we resort to the extraordinary assumption. Remember, we can't use the extraordinary assumption until we first have exercised all proper due diligence to find the answer to that question. and. We chronicle the extent of this diligent search in the work file. The third criterion is that we can use an extraordinary assumption only if its use results in a credible analysis. Credible analysis means one worthy of belief. Please let me give you an example. It's common to read in appraisal reports that the appraiser has made an extraordinary assumption that the data available in the public record are correct. This is not a worthy extraordinary assumption. An extraordinary assumption must be, by definition, assignment-specific. To assume the public record is correct is not an extraordinary assumption. Why? Because it's not assignment-specific. It applies to every appraisal assignment. Therefore, to include such a statement in an appraisal report indicates the appraiser does not understand the definition. This lack of understanding suggests there may be an issue with the appraiser's overall competence. It's also important to remember that we must clearly and conspicuously state all extraordinary assumptions to which the value is subject. In other words, don't bury the extraordinary assumption in a footnote on page 64 of the report written in six-point type. Then, the appraiser must also state that the use of an extraordinary assumption might have affected the appraisal or appraisal review assignment results. This is what we mean by disclosure when we talked about the three secrets to the proper use of an extraordinary assumption. Without this disclosure, it's safe to assume a state appraisal board is going to look very closely at the entire report. It wants to see if it can find any other errors or similar omissions. Up until now, we've covered the necessary stuff about the proper use of an extraordinary assumption in forming a credible value conclusion. However, is there other stuff to know about using an Extraordinary Assumption? Spoiler alert, yes, there is. An Extraordinary Assumption can be an assignment condition or part of an assignment condition. For example, consider a foreclosure. This is probably an adversarial relationship with your client, the lender, and the property owner who is undergoing foreclosure. Your client will need an appraisal on the property as part of the foreclosure process. This is to determine if there has been a loss in value to the property since the lender funded or sold the loan. Given this potential adversarial relationship, your client may ask you to appraise the property but not go inside. In other words, do a drive-by appraisal. Of course, this is for your own protection. Therefore, you would be completely correct to make your appraisal subject to an extraordinary assumption. That extraordinary assumption would be that the interior of the property you couldn't inspect was in at least average or neighborhood typical condition. Why is this? Simply because you don't get to inspect the property. So you have to assume there is nothing amiss with it. Its condition is uncertain. What about if another person inspected the subjects or the comps you were using in an appraisal? Should that be subject to the extraordinary assumption that whoever did the inspection didn't miss anything? But typically, this would not apply to information gathered by a property data collector because the client already knows there is a PDC involved. However, what if you were to hire another appraiser as a contractor to do an inspection for you simply because you were too busy? This might necessitate you making your value opinion subject to the extraordinary assumption that your contractor didn't miss anything. Let's consider another example of the proper use of an extraordinary assumption as part of the formation of a credible value conclusion. Chances are you've appraised a proposed resonance from plans and specs. Because the property was not built, your value conclusion was based on an extraordinary assumption. That is, the construction, which would not be complete for approximately nine months, was more or less in compliance with the plans and specs you saw. From these, from the plans and specs, you took your measurements, specifications, construction details, and so forth. Thus, they are an integral part of your appraisal and report. What was the reason your value conclusion was subject to the extraordinary assumption of completion for plans and specs? it was because you were uncertain if the house would be built to those plans and specs and you were uncertain if the house would even be built earlier in the podcast we talked about the uncertainty factor this is why we have extraordinary assumptions it allows us to appraise credibly even if there are uncertainties about the property the fact that a property will not be complete until nine months into the future is an uncertainty factor today again the uncertainty is that you think the house will be completed for plans and specs but you are uncertain of that after all nine months from now is an unknown futurity so you choose to cover yourself you make an appraisal subject to an extraordinary assumption That is, nine months from now, that house is complete substantially per plans and specs. We appraisers can't predict the future. Therefore, an extraordinary assumption lets us assume the future will come true, since, quite frankly, we are uncertain that it will. Again, an extraordinary assumption properly used communicates uncertainty about the subject's physical, legal, and or economic characteristics. This would include conditions external to the subject property or the integrity of the data you used in your analyses. This includes comparable rental data, comparable cost data, and comparable sales data, too. It also chronicles the scope of our due diligence to answer that question. So, there you have it, the three secrets of an extraordinary assumption. First, we must understand its definition. Second, we must notice circumstances under which an extraordinary assumption can be properly used. And finally, we must properly disclose its use, stating specifically that not using one might have affected the assignment results. So thank you for joining me on this journey into the once murky world of the extraordinary assumption. You discovered its secrets. Be proud of what you've discovered. Now, you can confidently use an extraordinary assumption as a credible part of your appraisal and a non-misleading part of your appraisal report. Please, I hope you'll join me, Tim Anderson, for more of these journeys in the future. Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Anderson, the appraiser's advocate. I look forward to collaborating with you to understand more about extraordinary assumptions and other secrets of real estate appraisal they didn't teach you in appraisal school. Contact me at tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. Check out my website at theappraisersadvocate.com to buy the products there to help you with your day-to-day appraisals, especially my creative diddling worksheet. Then, Check out my YouTube channel, you guessed it, The Appraiser's Advocate, to learn from some of the movers and shakers of real estate appraisal. And before we're clear, I have one more question for you. Do you understand cash equivalency? And now we're clear.